Hey Hope family, welcome back to another Hope Daily. If you grew up with siblings like I did, then you probably at one point or another felt like your parents had favorites. In fact, you probably knew that they had favorites and I'm guessing you didn't think you were the favorite. Now, look, I am a parent and I do my best not to make it obvious that I have favorites, but you know, things happen. Okay, I'm joking, mostly. The perspectives are different, though, from being a child to being a parent. As a parent, you recognize that you can parent fair without always parenting equally. One kid may need more attention than another. One kid may need more positive reinforcement, while another may only respond to potential punishment. There's a difference in the treatment, but they are both fair. As kids age, one child may come across financial need while another one doesn't. Giving money to one kid while not giving it to another is fair, but it is not equal. Growing up, I was a middle child and one who saw the dynamics of middle childness as something to be relished and at times even taken advantage of. My oldest brother passed away when he was 16 and I was 8, leaving my brother Josh as the oldest. So from 14 on, he was the oldest and was the first to graduate, go to college, etc., etc. This obviously took a lot of the attention away from what I was doing. Meanwhile, my younger brother Mark also took a lot of attention. He struggled in school and had some behavioral issues, so making sure he stayed on top of his homework and stayed out of trouble required a lot of attention. I was smart enough to recognize that if I did my work and for the most part stayed out of any serious trouble, then I could get away with a lot as long as I didn't attract my parents' attention from where they felt like it needed to be. Now, I say all of that to say that I recognize then and even more now that my parents weren't favoring my brothers. There were times where I probably felt otherwise, but overall, I, I knew it and I can see it now. Fair isn't equal. I was treated fairly as were my brothers, even if we weren't treated the same. So you have probably dealt with your share of favoritism, whether it's in the family or in a workplace or wherever, and it's never fun to be on the wrong side of favoritism. And I would say that even while it has its benefits to be the favorite, that it is detrimental to your well-being, even when you are the favorite. Today's story is about favoritism and a continued sibling rivalry. There's also a lesson of reaping what you sow. So we're in Genesis, and at the end of chapter 27, Rebecca and Isaac send off Jacob to marry one of Rebecca's family so that he doesn't take a foreign wife like Esau did. He goes to his uncle Laban's and arrives in chapter 29. Jacob immediately falls in love with Laban's younger daughter, Rachel. He asks Laban to marry her and says he'd do anything to win the right to marry her. Laban asks for seven years of labor, no small fee. But Jacob gives them happily. In fact, in chapter 29, verse 20, we read, So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Romantic stuff, isn't it? Well, Laban's older daughter, Leah, we are told was a little weak on the eyes, if you will. And perhaps Laban feared that she'd never marry off, so he pulls the old switcheroo and Jacob ends up marrying Leah and doesn't realize until it's too late. Once Jacob does realize, he confronts Laban and Laban, having married off his older daughter and having cashed in on seven years of labor, could just say, oh, here's Rachel also. But instead, He's a shrewd businessman and he sees an opportunity, so he tells Jacob he needs another seven years of labor. And Jacob does it. 
In chapter 29, verse 30, we read, So Jacob went in to Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and served Laban for another seven years. Now, granted, as we look at the rest of the story, we maybe, to be fair to Jacob, should keep in mind that he never wanted to marry Leah. That was a deception of his father-in-law's part. But he plays favorites. We're told that he loved Rachel more than Leah. And it creates a rivalry between the sisters. The end of chapter 29 through the first half of chapter 30 is the telling of Jacob's son through uh, all the way through down to Joseph. And we start off with Rachel being barren, but Leah gives birth to four sons, and at each turn she believes that this will win her favor in Jacob's eyes. There's no indication that it ever did so. But Rachel's worried that it might, so she has this brilliant idea that has never ended badly for anyone at all, ever. She offers her husband, her slave woman, to sleep with. Sound familiar? Jacob does and has two sons with this slave woman. Leah, seemingly not getting pregnant anymore but not wanting to lose favor, offers her slave woman to Jacob, and now Jacob has a son with her. Then there's this weird bit where Rebecca and Leah are fighting over the oldest son, Reuben's mandrakes. Turns out mandrakes were considered an aphrodisiac and were thought to promote fertility. So they're fighting over and bartering for the right and ability to sleep with their husband. Like, Jacob's favoritism has clearly created a toxic family environment. Eventually, Leah does have another son of her own with Jacob, and then eventually, Rachel has her son, Joseph. And as we know, the game of favorites continues as Joseph is the favorite son. We see the destructive nature of favoritism at work here. Leah and Rachel are battling for their husband's affection. They certainly have low views of themselves. They are led to make bad decisions to win favor. They're fighting amongst one another. And Jacob's favoritism of Joseph is going to lead to trouble as well, and we'll talk about that later. Much later in the New Testament, the brother of Jesus, James, says this in James 2 verse 1. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Christ Jesus, the Lord of glory. James goes on to give examples of ways that we might show partiality or favoritism, and it's all based on appearances and vanities. And in the story of Jacob, we see the destructive nature, the real human effects of showing favoritism. And Jacob's family is broken apart, and his own heart is broken ultimately by his favoritism and what it drives others to do. As I said at the beginning, there's a bit of reaping what you sow because Jacob's story is all about favoritism. He was the favorite child of his mother. That favoritism led to deceit. Jacob's father-in-law deals with him deceptively, thus giving way for Jacob's favoritism to sow more seeds of discord that will all come to harvest. Through the messy story of his people, God is showing us that when we live in deceit, when we live in favoritism, and live looking to see what's in it for us, we end up bringing about heartache and ruin. Can God work out his redemptive purposes even when we act deceitfully and show favoritism? Of course he can, and he does, but we still have to live with the fallout of our actions. Let us take inventory of our relationships, of our prejudices, where have we shown partiality or favoritism? Where have we failed to treat others with kindness or respect or to show them love because of some preconceived notions that we have about them? Let's look at our family. Where could our actions be and affections be sowing seeds of discord? Let us put aside all partiality, seeing everyone as a brother or sister in Christ.